Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Do it, bro. This is GarageLogic Podcast 150. That's a benchmark. Isn't uh-huh. it? May 1st, 2019. It was 91 degrees on this day in 1952. 24 degrees on this day in 1903 when you went to a Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Garden Store. Were they around in 1903? Sure. Oh, yeah. Was Aquaside around in 1903? Killing lakeweeds? Absolutely. That's what saved the dinosaurs. uh, Ice out day on White Bear today. I could find no ice out dates for May 1st for White Bear. And in Minnetonka, the ice went out on this day in 1965, which was that spring of the extraordinary floods in the Twin Cities. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. You want to get business out of right away? Right out of the chute. Let's All get right. it over with. We are declaring an opener, a Friday garage door opener for Friday, May 10th. Now... Thank you. And both John Height and uh, his son will be performing live with their guitars. Hopefully I can talk now, them into it. Now, the, long, the AccuWeather forecast does call for a 70, but uh, everybody's iPhone is now retreating, and it doesn't look like much more than 60 or 61. But in all candidness, uh, a number of us are not available to do it May 17th. The following Friday is the Friday of Memorial Day weekend. I would imagine many GLers are heading out after they pick up their brats at Grunhofer's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this Friday's too late a notice. Yep. So we have settled on May tenth. Now, if you're going to find trouble with that, if you're going to call us right now, if you're going to go, to the, <laughs> if you're going to uh, lobby the mayor's office and say we violated a rule, I suppose what we could do is make a constitutional amendment in Garage Logic, kind of like renaming a lake, and always have it on the. Second Monday in May. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, second Friday in May. Okay, no matter alter- what the temperature that's is. That's alternative A, or the asterisk this year can be, we we just didn't have the weather for it, and then possibly down the road it will just continue to be 70 degrees in the Friday. Well, I'm GL Joe at am1500.com. No, and if, no, 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 you're not. You're GL Joe. Two. At GarageLogic.com. dot com. GL Joe at Close if, enough. If I'm inundated with people uh, attempting a coup and, and saying you cannot do this, this is a violation of our history and tradition. Well, the hell with you. We won't have an opener then. How's that? Wow. No, no. No, what we do is we let them weigh in and we completely ignore oh, okay. everything yeah. they say. Right, and we do what we oh, want. We didn't get your message. Sorry, we got it. Uh, but I kind of like the idea of just having it the second Friday every day. It's a complete upending of our traditions. I know it is. Uh, it, it pains it me. It pains well, me. Yeah. Well, we did have some changes this year. Maybe That's this, true. This just is a new, you <laughs> the know? podcast opener. Right. Oh, this is the podcast opener. <laughs> I booked an event for myself that begins May 17th. I can't be here. And when I did it, I must admit, 
I didn't take the opener into consideration because so, I just imagined we would have had the opener by May 17th. So basically a couple of moments ago when you said uh, the staff really wasn't available, it was the staff of one <laughs> that, was, that was not quite available on the 17th. <laughs> well, I ran into our artist in residence today, Greg Holcomb, yeah. who loves to attend the opener. Yes, he He's does. unavailable. On the 17th. Yeah, we need Uh, Greg there. And I won't be there because Such has graciously allowed me to go with him on his little road trip. Oh, isn't that nice? And he said, even though he only has one bed in the hotel room, he said he'd share it with me. Gross. And I get the left side. You could could just go on your talking about? What were you talking about before again? Uh, Okay. Uh, Such, it's a little presumptuous of us, though, to plan on being here next year, isn't it? I mean, I said, I said that yesterday, but nobody paid me attention. Maybe. When you have the best damn podcast in the whole wide world. I, I said, well, I might be in here by myself. I said, we're yeah. being very optimistic yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so let's clarify. Next Friday, a week from this Friday, May 10th, right. we're going to be at Grundhoffer's. Celebrating. Highway 61 in Hugo. Recording from when to when? Uh, noon until 2. Which is typically when we do the show. Like okay. when we did the Summit show, well, what do, we were it, there noon to two. Would it benefit listeners if we started, maybe if we did it maybe one to three, or in other words, push it back in the afternoon a little? <laughs> I think we should it's, stick with noon it's to the fr- It's the Friday before the fishing opener. I think we should get it out of the way so these fellas and ladies can hit the road. Can hit the lakes. Noon to two. Noon, noon, to, noon to two. Noon to two. That way, uh, at two o'clock, people can head out and they're not really hitting the meat of Russia. Okay, I have to ask the big question, the question that all the listeners are asking. Is this a BYOB thing? Uh, how are we... Uh, I have no idea. How am I going to get my stumble on? More details know. to come. No. Kind of. I don't know. We can go to the Blue Heron, which is just around the corner on the office of Pine Let me tell you something. Or you can treat it like a peach schnapp state fair again. Uh, gross. <laughs> in the event, in the event, there is no next year. In yep. the event, this is... Why are we yeah. discussing this? Well, it needs to be put on the team. Yeah, okay. you know, we're, we're doing our Join best. Join us for the last scramble of all time. <laughs> no, no, no. In the event, in the event, it would turn out to be our last opener. I don't think it will be, by the way. Okay. I think this is building and building and building. It's fun. I want to keep doing it. In the event, this was our last one. That would really give, you know, long-time GL or something to say. And do you remember the final opener? It wasn't even 70. You know, yeah. something like that. Right. No right. wonder they crashed and burned. Right. Well, right. also. They let, couldn't even <laughs> adhere to their own their own right. tradition. No Bunch of mutts. We're let trying me. to revise history. <laughs> and let me offer option C then. Oh, yeah. If there is no Garage Logic opener for the future. Table talk with Rookie's family is available, and I think that'll still be going strong because it's. What are you guys having your opener? That's our sister podcast. We don't rip anything off from Garage Logic. It's not a sister podcast. The sister podcast would never rip anything (laughs) off from Garage Logic. But that's at podcastone.com. A frequent contributor, Downing Notes. God bless America. It's Kate Smith's birthday today. Oh, Oh. she was born May first, nineteen oh seven. Is that song in the public domain? Probably. Uh, I, would I don't imagine. know. We should be able to play that. And fact-based, fact-based, we were wondering who owns Isle Royal. And I said Canada. I think it's Michigan. It's Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Bill Stein writes. Which seems unfair. It's very close to Minnesota. Isle Royal, which belongs to Michigan, has always been the perfect example of the true meaning of ecology. Years ago, the moose and wolves came across on the ice. Each species prospered and kept themselves in check. The do-gooders must sit back and watch as nature takes its course. Don't. 
under any case, screw around with this. Nature will work this out and teach us a lesson. 2,060 moose are way too many. Yeah. And then I also he's, got a... He's on it. He's I also right. got a note from Andy. Uh, uh, name the largest island in the largest lake on the largest island in the largest freshwater lake in the world. What? What? Uh, no, I, I think Rook's got this. Wait, what's the a question? Lake I came in, in the an middle. island. Name the largest island uh-huh. in the largest lake. Name the largest island. Name the largest island in the largest lake on the largest island in the largest freshwater lake in the world. Ryan Island is the answer. Ryan Island sits on the eastern end of Siskiyou Lake, which sits near the middle of Isle Island Royal, which sits in the northwest portion of Lake Superior. Uh, Andy Utke, West St. Paul. So it's an island that has a lake. There's a lake that has an there, island. There, apparently, that's it. That's how I would Ooh. say it. It's a part of Michigan. Dude, the soul man is confused. Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember watching a show about an island that had a big lagoon, and I don't know where that rates. It was named after a, a French explorer, Gilli- Gilligan. 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 No, Gilligan. Gilligan's island. That was you know, your, a huge lagoon. You're uh, you're alerting me to something. Uh, this will be the last opening. <laughs> if you're going to continue to behave like that, it's the last opening. I think it was French. <laughs> At least for us, it is. Yeah. You know, every reference, every reference you have of the world cannot be a B movie or a lousy sitcom. <laughs> Those are damn good times. He called it Gilligan. Uh, French, French explorer, I think he was. <laughs> Three-hour tour. <laughs> Uh, Andy writes, thanks for the podcast. Dad doesn't have the Internet, so to keep him infor- to keep him informed of the goings-on in Liberal Lakes, I make the trip from way too close to the state's tallest buildings out to Buffalo each weekend with a new batch of podcasts. Oh. I get to give him a preview of the week's episode and get his musings on the previous week. I look forward to that time we spend together all week. Thank you. That's that cool. Nice? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, very cool. Joe, give me that email. I'll, I'll send him something. That's he, You know what he's doing? What you send him some tires, some yeah, Chinese why not? food. Why not? Why not? Give it to me. I'll, I'll send him something. That's cool. He's. You know what he's doing? He's growing our audience. Well, he's marketing. Yeah. That's right. He's marketing for us. Well, we mentioned Grunhofer. I might as well tell you that's the bratwurst capital of the world. And I continue to receive mail that you people are making my job way too easy. Uh, Michael Sanford writes, I'm a native Minnesotan and a listener of Garage Logic since the beginning. I work for Northwest Airlines until September 11, 2001. Or maybe he just means this year. When I was let go, but quickly found work with FedEx Express. No, I think he means 9-11. 2001. Unfortunately, it meant moving away from Minnesota to Memphis and now Indianapolis, where I've lived for the over 11 years. Thankfully, I've had the podcast to listen to for several years now, but I do have a bone to pick with you. Every day I hear the ads for Grunhofer's meats and how delicious they are. Do you know what that does to someone like me who loves brats but is unable to get to Grunhofer's? My sister lives in Brooklyn Park, and I am begging her to drive to Hugo and ship me whatever she can get her hands on. She has yet to respond, but knowing her, she'll probably keep them to herself. Thank you. We're talking about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned. Meets north side of Hugo, east side of Highway 61, 130 different kinds of brats. Today's sampling for me was the uh, sweet and heat beef jerky. I bet it was good. It was Ooh, fabulous with just the right amount of heat. It's a uh, it's a meat market like none other. You can get your own, create your own brat grilling bracket. It doesn't seem like it uh, with this current weather, but the grilling season is upon us. And uh, we'll be there for the opener on May 10th at Grunhofer's. That's Grunhofer's Meat Market.com. 
Why, you old racist. Wow. Happy birthday, Kate. Thank you. That's enough. Thank you. She could really belt it out. A demonstration is planned for this evening. This is May 1st in downtown Minneapolis to protest police shootings in the wake of Mohammed Noor trial verdict. Uh... On Tuesday, a jury of two women and ten men found the former Minneapolis officer guilty of third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter in the 2017 shooting of Justine Diamond. According to a Facebook event page, the group Justice for Justine Diamond Rushek is holding a rally at 5 p.m. at the Northeast Plaza of the Hennepin County Government Center. Join us as we stand with social justice organizations and families of police violence victims to demand comprehensive reform in the justice system and declare in one voice no more stolen lives. The rally has been endorsed by other groups, such as the local chapter of Black Lives Matter, Justice for Jamar, Justice Occupation for Philando, and Women's March Minnesota. Uh, Community activists responded to the verdict, saying that race played a role in the fact that Noor was the first Minnesota police officer convicted of murder for a death that happened while on duty. The Associated Press reported that John Thompson, an activist and friend of Philando Castile, who was killed in a 2016 police shooting in which a Latino officer was acquitted, said he was not surprised by the Noor verdict. Officer Noor was going to jail no matter what because he's a black man who shot a white woman in the state of Minnesota, he said. Okay, well, I don't know how we're supposed uh, we to. Know I don't that. know how we're supposed to deal with this, uh, because in the Star Tribune today, both the Pioneer Press and Star Star Tribune gave this trial extensive coverage. On the front page of the Star Tribune is a, is a story headlined: "Verdict Can't Dispel Pall of Suspicion." And uh, the reporters talked to a number of uh, members of the Somali community. You can foghorn community in that regard. And then we get down to uh, civil rights activist Nakimi Levy-Armstrong. She used to be Levy-Pounds. Uh, yes. Now there's no dash in her name. Nakimi Nakima Levy-Armstrong, who ran for mayor in the most recent election, said the case lays bare a racial double standard in the criminal justice system and is not indicative of the systemic System is not indicative of the, of the syst- systematic change that and she and others have been demanding. This is an isolated case with an isolated result based on racial dynamics and the affluence of the victim, not to mention the race of the officer. She said, I'm not going to pretend that this is about justice. Okay, I, uh, well, it, it was a, I called Mike Freeman. He might get back to us either today or tomorrow. <laughs> Do you want me to reach out to Nakima? It was a, no. ju- it was a jury. Come on. But we're, once again, I, which, I, which I've often said about her is that you would be accused of being a racist if you gave her a parking ticket. She she, yeah. she sees oppression wherever she chooses to see it. I don't know where we're supposed to be on this. They had a trial. They had a jury of peers. But it's inevitable that race will enter the conversation. That this wouldn't have happened Unless he was, this wouldn't have happened because she had some affluence and he was a black cop and this this would not have happened otherwise. So. I, I, I don't know how they can, it was such a split 
decision uh, or, or a on the spot decision that was made at that point, and I don't. It doesn't matter what color the police officer is. Well, that's that, and this Nakima, was, this was wrong. Nakima would say to us, "Well, of course you're going to say that you're you're white. You can't win with her. I I don't know about and John Thompson. It doesn't sound like you win with him. The uh, the attitude on the street is that this was inevitable. I mean, at least a black community activist is going to say the that. attitude on the street is this was inevitable. Uh, but but th- I mean, it's a tragedy for everybody. But I don't know how you can put color into this, white, black, purple, or red. If any cop would have done that, it would have been the same outcome, I, I think. Let's, let's, take the, uh, let's take this unfortunate tragedy out of this conversation and introduce this idea. We, are repeat, we saw it with the mayor of Minneapolis and the head of the park board in Minneapolis just blatantly saying, I'm not, gonna, uh, I'm not following what the Circuit Court of Appeals said in the name of Lake Calhoun. Right. I, don't, I don't believe with that. I'm not going to go those. my own way on that. Right. And now you have a prominent uh, activist in the black community saying, well, this, this, was, this was not justice. So we're getting closer and closer and closer to the law not meaning anything. Very close. So where are law-abiding people supposed to be? Joe, we're already there. We have the woman in Boston that's not going to prosecute people for breaking the law. We're already there. But so where are we? The only, we've said this about Nakima many times, the only satisfactory conclusion to a trial in which a black defendant is on trial Mm -hmm. would be his uh, acquittal. There's no other way. Unless there's an acquittal, it's just systemic racism. Unless there's an acquittal. And if there so wasn't, clearly there is a faction of people who don't accept the verdict of the judicial system that doesn't work. And they'll say, well, it doesn't work for us. Well, it has many times. And if there was an acquittal, that demonstration that's going to take place this afternoon would have would be five times as large as it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I personally believe. No, I don't. You don't? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I think I think there are. Factions of citizens in Minneapolis predisposed to adhering to the findings of the law, and they would have been uh, disappointed that Noor walked, but they wouldn't have bothered to protest. Mm. And then there are the constituents of, uh, not the constituents, there are the uh, uh, proponents of the belief that the system doesn't work if you're a person of color, and so they're going to protest. But I also think that there are so many Mysterians who are out there that think, and Kenny alluded to this yesterday, you know, when you've got the mayor that would rather do away with the entire police force in general, that there are those people that would use that to march and to demonstrate. Well, I just don't know where we're supposed to be. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you're watching the law get challenged. You're watching the rulings of the courts uh, be ignored. You, it, it, what, what will it take? Doesn't that lead to anarchy, ultimately? Yeah, yeah. but what will it take for them uh, I, I, to say this is where the buck stops? Yes, uh, this law is okay. Uh, no, no. What would, have, what would it have taken for Nakima is uh, the acquittal of Noor. And then what's next? What's next for the next... Uh, the white cops have to go to a different court. Uh, the black cops have to go to a different court. I think what Wouldn't we that learned, be ironic? I think what I learned about both uh, the Philando Castile case in this case is that, uh, is it Euronimo? Uh His yeah. last name is very close to that. Yeah, it is. It's Euronimo. Yanez. Yanez is his last name. 
Euronimo Yanez yeah. and Nor both should never have been police officers. Right. In the first place. Yep. Just because they didn't have that well, they weren't, they, To me, they weren't qualified. They weren't fit. Yeah. Well, then, okay, then the next question is, why Why were they um, allowed well, to, Rook, to serve? We, we, we've talked about this in the past, and I, I know a lot of guys that are cops, both metro and statewide. The people that are willing to do this as a career, that number has dwindled because oh, they don't yeah. want to be involved in either situations like this. No, being, dwindled is a, is a polite way of saying yeah, it. You're it's, right. it's dropped off the cliff. Because there are just too many people that just simply don't want to deal with the BS. Well, don't discount uh, the idea, too, that uh, we have, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, elected officials who worship and tithe to the altar of diversity. Okay. Yes. And it was crucial that diversity be represented in the police department. And so I'm sure uh, Bes- Bicycle Betsy at the time and Janae Harteau at the time were thrilled to have Noor become a policeman because it, it fulfilled their desire for diversity. Okay, that's great. If you want a, a Somali uh, cop on the force, understandable, great. But you gotta you got to really find the right one. You, yeah, you can't the just right pick one. a guy. I want the top 100 candidates. Oh. I don't care who Well, it's they like are. we were talking earlier in the week or last week about qualified candidates for the job, and, and uh, you said you don't care what they look like. And I said, well, what if they have a big bosom growing right out of their forehead? I don't care. Yeah, as long as they're the most qualified person, yeah. who the hell cares where they're from, what they look like, right. et cetera, et cetera. Let me, can I play devil's advocate about something? You may. I may. May I? Yes. And I don't agree with perhaps what I'm going to say, but part of what you said made the argument of some of the people who are protesting, mm-hmm. talking about the two separate cases. Mm-hmm. Look what happened in the Castile case. Mm-hmm. Right. The cop got off. Black man got shot. Right. This case, black cop, as he should have been, I think, convicted right. of killing a white person. So the first case... Earl Gray did a better job than Plunkett. It was Plunkett, the lawyer for Plunkett and Peter Wold. I mean, they did a they did the best they could. could. But 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 playing devil's advocate, could you see how that might make some of the protesters slash demonstrators, whatever they are, you know? No, because because. if they don't take into account the law, yes, that's what a protest is. Wouldn't Geronimo be considered uh, of a community of color? Probably Hispanic, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming he's Hispanic. But but the, the point being a black man killed by a cop, I think, is, is what I'm trying to say. And whatever you think of the case, perhaps unjustifiably. I get what you're saying, John. Uh, yeah. Philando Castile, black, killed by a cop who wasn't black. Yeah. Justine DeMond, white, killed by a black cop. Right. So if, if you take the law, and again, this is just my speculation, it would seem in both cases there was justification for the cops to be convicted. But cop was only convicted in one of the cases. Okay, I get it. Can Isn't I talk a, about something more technical? Is sure. that a case of who who has a better lawyer? But also this black better cop didn't see who his uh, victim was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why I'd like to bring up a technical point. <clears throat> Don't these squad cars have spotlights? Yes, yeah. they do. Why wouldn't it be routine procedure uh, entering any alley or any area where your vision is obscured by nighttime? Why don't you have the spotlight on? Uh, do we know, in fact, that they did not 
because I see them cruising alleys all the time with spotlights on. Well, in the park uh, by my house. It sounds to me like it wasn't on. But they claim not to have seen this woman. Right. She, she came up behind. Well, it had a spotlight side. that swivels. I'm not being facetious. No, I know. Uh, I I don't know. If they're going to go to an alley, they've already been briefed on uh, there's this potential ambush or somebody has been ambushed. Oh. They're on high alert. Nobody was ambushed. She called in to report what she thought might be a sexual assault. Right. No, no, I'm saying prior to. In the national news during that era, during that era of the summer of uh, 2017, uh, police were afraid of ambushes. Right, so they may have been on alert. And I'm not trying to justify this in any way, shape, or form. I, and I, this is a very tough one because uh, I appreciate what police do. They they got a tough job, right? Yeah, but, I, but, I would not want but to be I, police I can't I can't wrap my head around the fact that this guy was that skittish. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Um, well, at even, the time, like you just mentioned, uh, 2017, they were being murdered. They were being assassinated. People were walking up to them in coffee shops and putting guns to their heads and blowing their brains out. We had Dallas, the situation in Dallas that year. Understood, but should that make you draw your weapon already in the car? I mean, this has already been decided. Well, the uh, the other, the the, the partner of Noir was reaching for his gun. Which is, I think, what what triggered him uh, to make the reaction. Justine came up on the left side, on the driver's driver's side. side. And that's a pretty tough shot, Chris. If you if he's right-handed and he's pulling from his right side, he's got a you know. Um, I, uh, yeah. The original testimony also said he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't. That, I'm sorry. Late, well, but then later, so he changed his story. The thing is, none of us were there. No, they were, the, and we weren't in the court, and we didn't hear all the evidence. We we're reading about it in the newspaper. It's way above my pay grade. I, I have no rule. I have no. The, I don't need a ruling. They had a ruling right. yesterday in Hennepin right. County. They yeah. had a ruling. Yeah. The jury came back and said guilty. That's, those, those are our rules. That's the rule. That's the way it works. Yeah. Now, in the aftermath of that, uh, beginning tonight, the protests will begin. Uh, because we are seeing a breakdown in the belief in the law, in the belief in the judicial system. Okay, you bring this up. and I, I think have, it's, oh, I'm sorry, it's more th- of a trust thing than the belief. Whatever. I've been thinking about this for a while. Like the the mayor of Minneapolis is going to ignore the court's orders about the change, uh, the the name change. There's a few other people uh, in authority that are ignoring this name change and are going to proceed on like it didn't happen. Does the law have any recourse against those people? Can they be charged? Can they be I don't know arrested? Or are they just going to be able to go on ignoring the law willy nilly without any recourse? How about how's that work, Joe? About being fired by uh, uh, let, Let's move on and talk about that in just a moment. Okay. A beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Actually, the best lawn you'll ever see is guaranteed by clicking ProfessionalTurf.com. And the way it goes down is really so simple. Click that link, schedule a free lawn care estimate, have a seasoned pro, a pro-turf pro, stop by that estate and set up a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed-killing program that will have your lawn looking luscious and luxurious from now until late fall. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Yep. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Please, quit pointing at me. 
John Heights News, brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com. I'm guessing uh, you're going to answer my question at some later point. we got to do a park board segment today, yes. Okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, What was your question? (laughs) Seriously. Uh, Any recourse against the mayor and other uh, authorities that choose to... Okay, I'm prepared to address that. Okay. Can we stop pointing at you now? Oh, jeez, you guys, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> got him. We got him. Talking about the Anor case and Wednesday, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry addressed it following the verdict yesterday. Anor, the former Minneapolis police officer, found guilty of murder in the third degree and manslaughter in that shooting. Uh, in a statement, the mayor said, quote, in part, what matters most for Minneapolis is how we respond in the days and weeks ahead. Our city must come together, not for any single person, entity, or organization, not for any reason beyond our love for each other and the values that hold us together. Good luck with that. A defiant Attorney General William Barr is defending decisions he made about the release of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report as he testifies before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. Testimony still continuing. All of this follows the revelation Tuesday that Mueller had confronted Barr about his four-page characterization of the report. Barr told the committee that Mueller was concerned that press reporting had been inaccurate based on Barr's March 24th letter, something uh, not all the Congress people agreed with. He also talked about Mueller's contention the summaries prepared by the special counsel's office be published to give the public more context on the report. Some other things we learned from Barr's testimony. Barr said he was frankly surprised when Mueller told him the special counsel's investigation would not make a determination on whether the president had obstructed justice. Barr says the Department of Justice has begun multiple criminal investigation into leaks to the media. Uh, it was one of those uh, two two hearings in one as Democrats focused on the rollout of the Mueller report and Republicans focused on the origins of the Russian investigation. Now, one weird thing we did here today, the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham, said he hasn't read the entire report yet. Huh. Mm, head of the Judiciary Was it Committee. ever established if she slapped the police car? Um or did that claim come hours, days, weeks, months it later? It came later in the initial okay. initial uh, investigation. There was no word of the car being slapped. Now again, I wasn't in the washed. courtroom. I wasn't in the courtroom. I didn't hear the evidence. But based on everything you've read about this Justine woman, doesn't it seem out of her character to have done such a thing? I think so. It doesn't uh, but, sound like but, her. I don't know even, her. Even so, uh, slapping or saying, "Hey guys, I'm here," you would with all trust. Touch that, knowing you did nothing wrong, you would want to get their attention. You wouldn't imagine that those officers are so startled. Every cop I've ever, you know, dealt with, they're calm, cool, and collected. I don't want to be protected by people that afraid of their own shadow. I I agree. What about the the part where the that I learned yesterday that the squad car was taken and cleaned almost immediately and then put back into service? Yeah, that was a that was a mistake. That was a big mistake. Oh, right? That oh, oh, was, yeah. right. John? Something about the prints on the trunk, right. correct? When it was, when it was well, done by the, the BCA did their investigation, correct? The car was given back, and then it was washed. She yeah. almost sounds like a, you know, kind of an older hippie love child. It just seems weird that she would have gone and slammed her fist in her You, you said candy. you made reference to uh, skittish cops, and uh, I don't think I've talked about this on the air. A few weeks ago when I was up north, my family locked themselves out of the house. I had to, and this was 11, 11 at night, Of course, I had to talk, uh, teach my son how to break into my house. Oh. And he finally, he was able to get in without wrecking anything. He broke his way into our house. What a they nice w- moment. They were into the house <laughs> the for... Father-son together. 
Uh, he did a good job, actually. Good. And um, <laughs> they were. Now it does it professionally. <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. He, uh, about 10 minutes later, uh, evidently the neighbors called the cops. So the uh, Minneapolis police showed up in the alley, and uh, one of them um, entered my backyard. Firearm in hand, both hands on the firearm. Firearm down at his waist, pointed down. Right. And very calm, very laid back, very collect. And as soon as he realized that Ben was my son and my wife was in there, uh, the firearm was holstered and they were, you know, wished a, a good evening and they went away. And uh, Ben said it was a very pleasant exchange. There was no tension. There was no. Uh, you know, fear, screaming, anything like that. The cops didn't yell at him. There's nothing like that. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to work. And, and that's how all of my interactions with the police have been in uh, Minneapolis. I have never had a, ne- negative, uh, a negative meeting with and, the police. And, and, the, and the black community will dismiss you because you're white. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, but white. this includes when I was a young, dumb punk with you're still, long hair. You're still a young, dumb, white punk. Drunk and still everything white else. drunk. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I've never feared the police. I've you're always, white. I've always walked up I'm to playing them devil's advocate now, John. You are. Yeah. Now you are. Yeah. 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 Wait, before you move on, you didn't answer my initial question. What was that? Uh, Johnny, he had the smirk like you had information. I didn't have a smirk. I just said there were, uh, I was thinking to myself, they did various things. They turned off all the cameras immediately. They wouldn't allow the cops to talk to the investigators right away that were involved in the shooting. The well, Freeman mentioned that. yesterday that the, the, the initial BC, they bungled the initial investigation, and that's why they went in a completely yeah. different direction. Well, they had help bungling it, though, from the police department is the problem. Okay. They, they wouldn't allow the officers to testify. They wouldn't. If I was in charge with the uh, Minneapolis or all police departments, oh, I would God say help us God all. Help have us. <laughs> your camera on all the time. If you yeah. did something wrong, yeah. here's evidence of it. We can't hide it. You might be in trouble, but you yeah. know what? It's full disclosure. Yeah. Minnesota House is Does vote- that eat up storage? Yes. So that's yes. probably why they... It's a, it's a stor- they reach storage capacity, and so they try to save. So these devices don't overwrite, overwrite themselves like my dash cam does? Uh, you mean when it just keeps recording over old footage? I, I do not believe because they need to keep I it. Know. I want to imagine the world in which you're in charge of all the police. Oh, Donuts for everybody in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota House has voted narrowly to ban a resumption of wolf hunting for sport in Minnesota. The vote 66 to 65 on an amendment to a broader environment and natural resources funding bill. The federal government announced plans in March to lift protections for wolves and return management to the states. Minnesota held three wolf seasons before a judge in 2014 returned the animals to the federal threatened list. Representative Peter Fisher of Maplewood said wolves deserve continued protections from recreational hunting, but that his amendment would allow for hunting and trapping wolves that prey on livestock. But opponents said Minnesota's wolf population has recovered and needs to be controlled to protect pets and livestock. Attempts in recent years to ban wolf hunting in Minnesota have stalled in yeah. committee. Kenny, where are you on this? I've got news for you, cityots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, they're still getting uh, hunted. I've got news for oh, you, cityots. Hey, y'all, give me one second Chris, here. I've got... Hey, y'all. <laughs> Here's Kenny with news from the crappy coffee shop. Uh, it's being <laughs> it's being handled. I think so. it's being handled. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, so you know, not a problem. Yeah, is what just saying. it's being leave it handled. at that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the Roycey line? How do you find a dead cat? Not a problem. Not a Where problem. do you find a dead cat? Get you a dead cat by three o'clock. <laughs> 
A shooting that killed two and wounded four at a North Carolina university left students scrambling for shelter and prompted fresh calls for ways to keep campuses safe. Campus Police Chief Jeff Baker said authorities received a call in the late afternoon Tuesday that a suspect, armed with a pistol, had shot several students. Officers assembling nearby for a concert rushed to the classroom building and arrested the gunman in the room where the shooting took place. Two people killed in the shooting. Three remained in uh, critical condition early Wednesday. Students were among the victims. Officials didn't say immediately how many. The Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department identified the suspect as 22-year-old Tristan Terrell. He's in custody, charged with two counts of murder, four counts of attempted murder, possessing and firing a weapon on educational property and assault with a deadly weapon. Okay, so I retweeted a uh, tweet from the Minnesota Sheriff's Association this morning. Uh, It was live video of students fleeing the area uh-huh. and the kids were running one way and the cops were running right into the face of uh-huh. danger. The, the, those are the people that... Uh, How is anybody hate. supposed to be safe in the face of uh, the decline of moral and ethical integrity? These two morons in North Carolina or wherever it was, they were laughing as they went into court. They didn't, they were smirking and laughing. Two? I guess there were two. One, really? one two. I, I thought it was just one. Yeah, I uh, whatever. Think. He was laughing. Well, yeah. An investigation has been launched after the weapon carried by a Florida police officer discharged yesterday in a school cafeteria while students lined up for food. Uh-oh. It occurred in the Thomas E. Whiteman Middle School in Wesley Chapel. According to a spokesperson for the Pasco County Sheriff's Office, no injuries, luckily. Lieutenant Troy Ferguson told reporters in a briefing uh, that the officer, who was not named, had been helping with lunch duty when his holstered weapon unintentionally discharged. It fired behind him, hitting a tile floor and a brick wall. Uh, it was clear from Ferguson's comments the probe remains in the preliminary stage. He said deputies will try to look at uh, what kind of firearms? Uh, a Stig Sauer nine millimeter. Huh? Well, how'd that go off? Uh, holstered? I don't know, Kenny. Huh. I, I wouldn't. Why could you, not? Could you help with that? Maybe. Well, uh, obviously, it was pointed in the right direction. I mean, that's the way the holster's supposed to hold down, it down yeah. and back. Yeah. Yeah. A drug used to treat erectile dysfunction has been found by University of Manchester scientists to slow or even reverse the progression of heart failure in sheep. In who? Sheep. What do they care? Well, they test these on animals first, Joe, before they reach us. Most popular guy at the farm. (laughs) (laughs) That sheep got a name? Oh, late at night. (laughs) Late at night. (laughs) British call call her sexy. British Heart Foundation funded... Hey, Gus, I got me an idea. <laughs> the British... Bring the, the hell handcuffs. The sheep, care? <laughs> sheep don't have that problem. Remember, uh, what movie was that in the 60s? It was a Mel Brooks film, I think. Oh. Producers, maybe? Where the uh, sheep was... No, it was a Woody Allen film. It wasn't it was Mel Woody Brooks. Allen. The sheep was in Garters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look sheep. British... I saw the birth of a lamb the other night on TV. Really? So I've seen Gross. a giraffe now and a lamb. You caught up on all your bridge building shows? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What were you watching? Uh, some nature show. The Birth of a Lamb. <laughs> Part one. The British Heart Foundation. And fun- the lady, the farmer, woman farmer, you know, she saw the front feet of the lamb coming out, and she grabbed him and helped because mom was in distress. Yeah, yeah, of course. And there's the sheep yeah. laying there. I'm not Kenny. <laughs> and she did took her two fingers, and she a little flip in the mouth there. She said, come on, come on, come on. And all of a sudden, he went, Brah! Oh, wow. Really? Really neat. Huh. Miracle. Yeah. The miracle of life. <laughs> you know how to party, Such. Yeah. <laughs> come on over. We got some film of animals being born. Ooh, that's... 
Boy, the giraffes, though, they just weird. plop down on the ground. They walk they right fall, away. Within right? 20 Boom, minutes, they're off. Running. Mom yeah. gets them up. Yep. Hey, get back here. Yep. Well, anyway, the British Heart Foundation this funded... Is the sheep story still? Yeah, it's uh, it helps. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot what the intro was, but you know. It helps yeah. it with heart failure. Yeah, erectile dysfunction. Drug. But again, the sheep don't have that problem. Uh, well, no, but see... Some the of the farmer ones does. do. Yeah. The, the study... <laughs> wow. Uh, used... Said it, uh-huh. Go ahead. Use Tadalafil, which is the same class as Viagra. Sure. Proves that the drug is biologically effective as a treatment for heart failure in sheep and could lead to treatment in human beings. But serious question, John. When you see the ads, it says consult your physician if you have problems with heart, blah, 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 blah. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. You're on the Viagra every day. Does that do anything I'm, to your heart? I'm not on the Viagra, Kenny. <laughs> well, I saw you chopping it up and snorting it. I <laughs> assumed that was Viagra. Remember when the gang on uh, uh, Jeremy and the boys were in uh, South uh, America at high altitude? Yeah. And yeah. they took Viagra to get through it. Oh, what? Yeah, it had something to do with the uh, health. Describe you. get through it. Well, I, breathing. Oh, I find oh, a, okay. a blindfold usually works. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. That whole story. I'm sorry, I brought that in. There's no, not one not. of our partners right now that I want to do an ad for because no. I think it would be unfair to no, them. Right. You're probably right. Yeah. You should probably hang on to that yeah. for a minute. Uh, it's no secret antenna use is on the rise in the age of cord cutting. A new survey from the Consumer Technology Association includes a surprising detail about just who is turning to the decades-old way of watching free TV. Last year, 31% of U.S. households had an antenna hooked up to at least one television. That's up from 28% in 2015. But among the young folks, 25 to 34-year-olds, antenna adoption at 45%. Meanwhile, just 19% of homes in the 65 to 74 age demographic used an antenna last year. Income not a factor in antenna ownership. Antenna use is now the highest it's been since 2005. Cable and satellite TV are in steady decline. Cable adoption was at 44% last year versus 61% in 2008. Is this my new TV? (laughs) Satellite TV has fallen since 2008 from 31 to 24%. Oh, that's a huge drop. 7%. Well, six, 17% for cable, 7 for satellite. Wow. The trends will continue in 2019 with Charter and Comcast losing 145,000 and 107 TV subscribers respectively last quarter. AT&T shed 544,000 direct TV and U-verse customers. Wow. There is a song that addresses this. Yeah. It's a really old song, though. Yeah. Can't really hear that good, can you? Brooke knows. I don't know this song. Turn that channel all night long, but there was 57 channels and nothing's on. George's Satellites? That's Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen? Springsteen? Yeah. 57 channels and there's nothing on. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. 57 channels and there's nothing on. There's 57 channels and nothing on. He's got a new album coming out. I remember the river. He's got a new album coming out. And it's, I went to bed at night. It's different, right? Isn't the, the Springsteen uh, album a little yeah, different? Yeah, it's a little different. Like yeah. jazzy? He, what, country what is Western. Not, not, not jazzy at all, actually. No. What is it? He calls it his Glenn Campbell album. Oh, so, cool. So That's uh, good. Apparently there's music. strings. I heard the, the first single is pretty good. It's very airy, for lack of a better term. Hmm. What did your rich, terribly wealthy wife say when he saw those two in concert? Bruce and uh, and Patty? 
He said, she said they're going to get together. There's something, There's something, something going, going on. on. Well, as soon as that album came out in 86 or whatever it was, before he announced his divorce, yeah. you knew something yeah, was right, going on. Right. That, that brilliant disguise and all that. Mm-hmm. You knew there was, there was something going on there. Ebola cases and deaths in eastern Congo have risen sharply in the past week. The reason? There's apparently attacks on the workers who are trying to treat people. 126 new cases, 83 deaths between April 22nd and 28th, according to the Ministry of Health. Number of fatalities has risen rapidly from around 600 at the end of March to over 900 a month later. So so far, there have been 1,480 cases, 970 deaths since the outbreak. That's the second largest in history. It began last year. Apparently, it's numerous militia groups operating in eastern Congo. Uh, The authorities and aid groups have had to deal with them and with a local population suspicious of health workers. And uh, apparently they're not getting any of the medicine to the people. A WHO epidemiologist, uh, WHO, World Health Organization, Richard Mazzocco, also was killed by armed men. Hmm. Prosecutors said an argument over truck manufacturer was what led to a fight that left three people shot in Bedford County, Virginia. I'm having a hell of a time trying to sneak something in here. Hmm. On the news, really? You no, know, like the, well, one of our partners. I, I mean, I'm just hearing well, nothing but bad news. Well, just well, this, jump this in. Let's a, jump in before this terrible shooting in Virginia. Yeah, and it's not. To, it, this one's actually a funny story. All so, right, good. Yeah. The Bedford, and you'll see why in a minute. The Bedford County Sheriff's Office said 56-year-old Mark Edwin Turner was charged with felony malicious wounding, use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, and possession of a firearm. Uh, law enforcement responded to a 911 call around 11.30 p.m. after a report of gunshots. One of the residents had what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, Turner, his girlfriend, her son, and her son's girlfriend were having a pre-Easter dinner at the house. Nance said the four were in the front yard when an argument started. You know what the argument was about? Food. Beer. If Chevy or Ford is a better car manufacturer. Really? <laughs> pick em up trucks. They don't sound. Uh, that They don't appear to be the kind of candidate I'm looking for that would be involved in fundraising. No, I don't, oh, I don't no. think they're. I don't think they're uh, at the booster club, the church, the school, the nonprofit, the Rotary Club, or the golf tournaments. And if you are, will you please get in touch with a local company? Big time sports auctions. We've been on their website. They have incredible sports memorabilia. And if you're putting on a charitable event for your school, church, whatever, your public service organization, they come in and set up the auction, the silent auction of sports memorabilia. You don't do anything. There's no money out of your pocket. Big time sports keeps a portion of the proceeds. Your organization keeps the rest. You don't lift a finger. They do everything. They bring in the memorabilia. They lay it out and organize it. They prepare the bidding sheets, whether you want Vikings, Twins, Wild, even the evil Green Bay Packers. Who knows? Whatever makes sense for your group. (laughs) They bring the items to the event, and then they pick up the unsold items after the event. You can get to take credit for a great event. Big time sports auctions works with all kinds of groups that can help you with your next event. You're in the business of making money for your charity. Get in touch with big-time sports auctions. Go to btsauctions.com. That's btsauctions with an S, dot com. Uh, this uh, story I was telling you about, they had to call out the SWAT team. Yeah. I just want to play more guitar, so right. do you guys care? Theme from SWAT? Uh, no. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I got, uh, you know where they all are now? Where? They're in the jailhouse now. They're in the jailhouse now. I told him once oh, I or twice, you you stop playing cards and shooting dice. You're in the jailhouse now. Boom, boom. Yeah. 
Bob. He's Kenny, not just Kenny a newsman. Sing man, along is he? with me. I Hank like Senior. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That was Senior. C- covered by everybody. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Everybody. A group of Canadian gynecologists is urging people not to eat the human placenta. Oh, all right, oh, I won't. Yeah, yeah I'm out. What I'm the done. Hell? I'm gonna make it into a cheeseburger soup. Placenta soup doesn't sound that bad though. You throw some right amount of garlic in there, sure. man, Oreg- some oregano, oregano, uregano, uh, a bay leaf. Recommendation from the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada, recently published in the Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology in Canada. Bottle of Guinness. Indicates there's no evidence of a health benefit from the practice, which is known as placentophagy. Oh, John. And there's potential. You, know, you didn't need this. this is no. so di- I'm so disappointed in you, Especially John. after I just saw the birth of that lamb. Yeah, uh, right. Was there a placenta? Did the, the, yeah. Yeah. The, the mom, mom takes care of it. The mom, mom takes yeah. care of it. How do you think they make out. euros? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, there goes any chance of no. a Greek sponsorship. Yep. 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 <laughs> Give me one of them gyros. Nope. It's like no dinos, huh? <laughs> the placenta is a temporary organ that provides oxygen and nutrients to a fetus. John. John. Typically, it's incinerated. incinerated what wrong with you, John? Just lunging after John to grab the still like, Look, Kenny, there's like six paragraphs. Yeah, Eldest to yeah. What, do they have ways to prepare it? Oh, Guys. Do they add ways to prepare it or what? Wrong Matthew? Guys. Shh. Uh, let's see. In Mississippi. No, you're done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're Already? That's abs- all you had to do, John? You're wow. absolutely done. <laughs> Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Wonderful letter to the editor today in the Star Tribune, and to their credit, they made it the featured letter. If the immediate fallout from the recent Minnesota Court of Appeals ruling regarding changing the name of Lake Calhoun is taught as anything, it's that there is a crisis of leadership at the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board. The Park Board's own attorneys publicly stated in 2015 that they believed only the legislature had the legal authority to change Lake Calhoun's name. Knowing the chances for passing such a bill were slim to none, the Park Board and the Hennepin County Board, most of whose members are elected in races that are far from competitive, attempted to bypass the legislature, and three and a half years and millions of taxpayer dollars later, they were dealt an embarrassing defeat in the courts. Instead of rationally accepting this defeat and agreeing to abide by the rule of law, Park Board President Brad Bourne stubbornly and loudly dug his heels in, 
disingenuously suggesting that opposition to the name change amounts to supporting the legacy of slavery and voicing an outright lie that the name change was supported by all of our democratically elected bodies in an attempt to gaslight his opponents. Hmm. One can very much deplore John C. Calhoun's legacy while at the same time supporting the rule of law that in this case requires that the legislature either pass a law changing the name of Lake Calhoun or change the authority of the Department of Natural Resources to unilaterally make such changes. Bourne and his park board colleagues represent the worst version of self-interested, activist-motivated virtue signaling in local and regional politics that results in the waste of taxpayer resources and heavy resentment among many they are intended to represent John Grimes, Minneapolis. What a well, yeah, very nice, well, well-crafted letter. This from our chief off-site correspondent, Kelsey. Read how the head of the park board refers to the people who pay exorbitant property taxes around Lake Calhoun. <laughs> taxes that fund his bloated salary, by the way. The head of the Minneapolis Park Board says he has no intention of changing the name of Bidet Makaska even after a Minnesota appeals court ruled that the name should not have been changed from Lake Calhoun. The following statement is from Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board President Brad Bourne. Quote, the most beautiful lake in Minneapolis has been called Bidet Makaska for generations before white settlers stole it from the Dakota. It will continue to be Bay Bidet Makaska for generations to come. I take heart in the fact that every democratically elected body and the commissioner of the DNR has supported the name restoration. While it saddens me that 318 property owners, he puts quote marks around owners, on stolen Dakota land around Bidet Makaska calling themselves Save Lake Calhoun have prevailed at this stage. I know that we're standing on the right side of history and that its arc bends towards justice. In the meantime, as president of the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board, I have no intention of spending any public resources honoring Vice President John C. Calhoun's blood-soaked legacy of systemic violence against all our communities. Well, this 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 is exactly who the letter writer was talking about. Yeah. Then there's also a piece in the Star Tribune today written by Tom Austin who was chairman of the Save Lake Calhoun and a 20-year resident of the Linden Hills neighborhood this of Minneapolis. This is the, uh, financier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And again, there are people over there that must be GLers. Oh, we know there, sure are. there are. Listen, Listen to this guy. On Monday, the Minnesota... This is a, an opinion piece that, again, to its credit, the Star Tribune ran. Uh... Everyday Minnesotans are tired of being steamrollered by politicians, the media, and activists. And the law puts process on our side. And then he begins the body of his uh, editorial. On Monday, the Minnesota Court of Appeals ruled in favor of an argument advanced by the group I lead, Save Lake Calhoun, that former Department of uh, Natural Resources Commissioner Tom Landwehr lacked authority to change the name of the lake when he approved the initiative last year. My motive to fight for Lake Calhoun had less to do with trying to save the name itself and more to do with fighting for fairness and justice for everyday Minnesotans. Everyday Minnesotans want to be left alone and not bullied into changing the names of our lakes, our streets, our schools, our landmarks, and our cities. We're sick of the holier-than-thou morality tone coming from politicians, media, and activists. Get an amen ready for this guy. My goodness. Everyday Minnesotans are tired of being demanded by the elites 
media activists and politicians that we change our beliefs, our values, and our thoughts in order to conform to their worldviews. We take a we take offense to the threat of being called a derogatory name merely for having a different opinion. Right. The fight for Lake Calhoun was never about relishing the name of John Calhoun, the guy who was on the wrong side of the moral argument for slavery. The fight is about the unfairness of the remaining of the renaming effort and how everyday Minnesotans got ignored. Local politicians, lobbyists, the media, and political activists hijacked the renaming process and ignored how the majority of Minnesotans felt about Lake Calhoun. To most of us, the name Lake Calhoun represents absolutely nothing more than a beautiful lake in the heart of the city. Let me stop. But what happened to the lake by these activists? It got power washed. It did, yes. Keep reading. This guy, I love this guy. It never represented an endorsement of slavery, the lake name he meant. It never represented an endorsement of slavery or an endorsement of genocide, which is a worldview shared by many supporters of the name Bada Makaska. In the end, I was disgusted by how everyday Minnesotans have been steamrollered by politicians, the media, and activists, and forced to adopt a name that we didn't support. When the DNR ignored a warning from the general counsel of the Minnesota legislature that changing the name of Lake Calhoun was illegal per Minnesota statute 83A.01-.07, it was at that moment that I realized the elites are truly out of control. And shortly thereafter, thousands of Minnesotans rallied to support the legal team that has put Lake Calhoun back on the map. This fight was not just about Lake Calhoun, but about whether we're going to allow ourselves to be bullied by the elites into renaming our other lakes, streets, and landmarks. I suspect that as a result of this win on Lake Calhoun, the folks on Lake Harriet are breathing a sigh of relief that their lake isn't about to be named Bidet Unma. Congratulations, Mr. Austin. Amen and amen. I'm going to get to your question, Kenny. No, uh, I'm not ready yet to get to it. Linger with him. That guy is, uh, please run for office, sir. Mm-hmm. Without saying it, without saying it he, he nailed the reason why President Trump got elected. Without well, actually bringing right? it up, he nailed the very precise reason. Well, how about the audacity of the Park and Rec Board president, Brad Bourne, saying it saddens me that 318 property, and he puts quote marks around oh, owners. That's so <laughs> insulting. Oh, my God, the taxes they pay and over Kel- there? Kelsey said, oh. Kelsey said that Bourne must live on the only piece of land in Hennepin County that was not stolen from the Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and was it stolen? I mean, uh, Zebulon Pike it's, uh, purchased it, they say, from uh, local Dakota tribes. Let me go to this Whether email. that was a, a thieving or not. Is... This is from uh, Chris and Hugo. He says, I'm located just a nine iron from Grunhoff. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and Mayor Fry, uh, if Mayor Fry is a man of integrity, he would recognize that he stopped short with advocating for the renaming of Lake Calhoun. He should recognize and capitalize on the initial success of the renaming of Lake Calhoun and understand that it paved the way to completely cleansing his guilty soul. In my estimation, Mayor Fry's next move should be to rename the very city he leads. After all, the people that look like him renamed Bedota Othenwe Gakabakang to Minneapolis in 1856. He backs this up, by the way. With the, he linked me to the articles mm. proving this. 
1856. That is when Minneapolis was officially recognized as a city by the Minnesota Territorial Legislature. And I don't think I'm going out on a limb here to say that the Territorial Legislature in 1856 looked a lot like Jacob Fry, which appears to be the measuring stick for the loss of naming rights here in Minnesota. This renaming is attributed to Charles Hogue, the city's first schoolmaster, who took the word mini, the Dakota word for water, and polis, the Greek name for city, and created Minneapolis. Shameful. Come on, Mayor Fry, will you not deliver us justice and roll back the name of Minneapolis to its rightful name, Badota, Uthonwe, Gakabakang? Of course, I think your Minneapolis Postmaster and the Star Tribune might have an issue with the new name, but they can be dealt with down the road. Can you imagine the Badota, Uthunwe, Gakabakang Tribune? Once Mayor Fry completes the task of renaming Minneapolis back to its original name, he can move on to renaming Lake Harriet back to its original name as well, as referenced by Mr. Austin, Bidet Uman Bakagama. From there, the mayor can take on Father Hennepin. After all, Bidiota Uthunwe Gakabagang, Minneapolis, is the county seat of Hennepin County, and that just doesn't feel right. Uh, Excuse me. While I end this message, I'm headed into Mathoskabade Wabi Makazagawan, otherwise known as White Bear Lake, for happy hour. Here are a few links supporting this fact-based email. History of Minneapolis, and he goes to Wikipedia, map of the Twin Cities in Native American language. Always pushing back, Chris from Hugo on Nine Iron from Grunhoff. That's a, also a brilliant letter. Mm-hmm. Very bright man. Mm-hmm. Well, we said yesterday that the litmus test that Fry now has to appeal uh, apply is that anything named by white people is held under suspicion. Right. That's everything. Right. I think we should just start renaming everything. <laughs> I think Matamidi, I think Matamidi uh, in the Native American language translation is white bear. Matamidi is a white bear. Hmm. Huh. So I think Matamidi would be safe. That doesn't have to be hmm. renamed. Folks, Born takes the cake here, the park board chairman. He should be arrested. He's ridiculing. He puts quote marks around owners. So uh, <laughs> property ownership itself is found it's to be is found to be disagreeable to this fellow. How upsetting must that be to those homeowners? I pay way too much, and I live in a blue collar, dirty hand, callous neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, those people are living yeah, right. I pay way too much, and I don't. Those people are living right over there, you know. And obviously, they make the money, but the They're taxes they it, pay yes. is outrageous. Do you think that this episode with Calhoun has opened more eyes to the to the side of pushing back? Yes, I, I think immediately. So. Yeah. When, when, when and again, for all you mouth breathers trying to get the defrost off the inside of your Prius window. Uh, No one is suggesting, no one is suggesting that we're defending uh, the idea that uh, no one is defending slavery, for God's sake. Or Calhoun. Or Calhoun. Yeah. It wasn't named because he was, and plus Calhoun was... No different than anyone else on the East Coast who rose to political status. Because, no different. Because it, it just proves there's no depth to their thinking. No, there's no depth at all. It's all virtue signaling. I mean, no. I'll take it even further. The people that fought for the North in the Civil War ended up eliminating, exterminating the Native Americans mm-hmm. uh, 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great heroes for the North uh, in the Civil War. Custer. 
a, just a dirty murderer went out there and killed as many innocent Indian men and women and, and children that he possibly could. What do you think those people around Calhoun and Harriet pay in property taxes? Too much. Quite a bit. Yeah. And again, as as uh, as Kelsey noted, those those property taxes pay this pompous fool's bloated salary. I hope he doesn't get reelected. Guy. I hope people uh, when he comes for, up for reelection say, "Ah, we've had enough." The fellow that fought the good fight for us, uh, you, you led his, you read his letter. What's his name? The letter writer to the editor. Um, no, the guy from uh, Linden, the opinion piece. The guy from Lyndon. Tom Austin. How do we, we? We need to get him on the show, and we need to convince him to run for office. That's who we need in in uh, in the legislature. I've been saying this for years. I've even approached forty year olds in St. Paul. You know who I'm talking yes. about? Various forty year olds mm-hmm. around St. Paul, saying, right. "You got young. You got a young family. You got kids. You, you like living in this city. It's not going to survive unless you run." Or you run, or you run. I can't get anybody interested. They're smarter than that. Well, I know, but unless we... But it's it's, it's getting to the point, Joe, where it's too late. Unless John Grimes, the letter writer, unless Tom Austin, the opinion piece writer, unless the likes of those fellows run, uh, we're not going to get anywhere. He nailed it precisely right on the head. And and Fry is a phony, because Chris from Hugo, the Nine Iron from Grunhofer's, is saying, well, aren't you going to rename the city, pal? That's not its here? original Why name. Are you stopping now? That's not its original name. Yeah. Lake Harriet's not. Harriet was named for the wife of one of the commanders at, at Fort Snelling. Harriet somebody. Bishop? No. Uh, let's look. It's not important. But, Olson? But that wasn't its. I think Minnetonka will survive because isn't that an Indian name? Isn't that a yes. Native American? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. We do have a lot of Native American uh, lakes, rivers, et cetera, et cetera. But know, I bet you can stay. go to every lake in Minnesota. Let's say you go to Bay Lake or Gull Lake or or uh, Mud Lake. Uh, do you think those were its original names? Why don't we just go commie and just name them? Uh, just, <laughs> they all get a number. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, a number dash letter. There lake you go. Lake three. Sure. There, it's right over there. Uh, you are not entitled to uh, be on Lake 3. Harriet. This is reserved for people who have left Lake 5. Lake, so, Lake Harriet was named after a local uh, settler's wife, Harriet Olson. They ran the mercantile. In, in, Are you kidding? God, <laughs> you know what? From You're done. You know, this is your last opener. It's little, your last opener. From Little House. Down on Settler's Way or wherever. Do they have, do they have a snotty little daughter <laughs> named Nell, Nelly? You can't Nelly. do it, can you? Given you the, can't do yeah, it. And he was uh, Elmer. I forget what his name, Mr. Olson. Nels. What about Pa? Was Pa? <laughs> it, was down, it was down south, like St. Peter. But back to my original question. What recourse does the uh, law have? Right, right. First of all, the Court of, the court of Appeals. Shut up, Reavers. <laughs> Don't be so amused by this fruitcake. <laughs> I love that he's, he's he laughs at our jokes. I was like, oh, oh my God, God, right here. I'm interested. You hit save. And then he gave me the look. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Back yeah. on track. Here what what go. are we going to do? I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. The House has already voted to give uh, the authority to the DNR to unilaterally change names. Now it has to go to the Senate, which is so Republican control. they're caving. Oh, yeah. No, here's what's going to happen. It's never going to go back to Lake Calhoun. 
never going to go back nope. to Lake Calhoun. That's your there's, too, there's too many Mysterians. They're so the win. scoff laws. They're going to get away with ignoring the law. The scoff laws in office are going to get away yes, with it. Yes, yes. Now, now huh. the Court of Appeals, John, you help me here. The yes. Court of Appeals, in their ruling, to my uh, awareness, did not say, therefore, you must immediately go put the name Lake Calhoun back up. Right, uh, but they said you were unauthorized, Tom Landwehr, to change it to Lake Calhoun. Hmm. So it's a little ambiguous right now. It's floating around out there, and these uh, these frauds like Bourne and Fry will seize upon this. Thirty days, they'll appeal, they'll they'll win, they'll win. It ain't going back to Lake Calhoun. The uh, DNR actually, and I'll have this in the newscast coming up. They actually are appealing that also, yeah. so it's going to go back. To right. It drives me crazy that Landwehr, who has real issues on his plate and, and needs Not to issues problems pull his head out no, of his ass. No, he's no longer there, you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's it's being Tim run Walls, by uh, uh, Tim Walls appointed uh, uh, a female whose name escapes me. Uh, head of the DNR, Rook. Uh, I believe she might be a uh, have some Native American uh, ethnicity. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I think uh, Landwehr is gone, and Walls has his own. Sarah Stroman. Yeah, yes. she's uh, she's the Walls lieutenant now in that job. Will she have any insight or input into the current dispute? Of course. Uh, she, she holds a degree, a bachelor's degree from Grinnell College, where she majored in biology and Latin American studies. After college, she used a Fulbright research scholarship to do fieldwork in Costa Rica and subsequently earned her master's degree in environmental management from Duke. In my bicycle riding days, I quite routinely rode around the lakes. From St. Paul, I'd go down the parkway and go around Harriet and Calhoun. And I also routinely rode from St. Paul to Matamidi. I didn't ride back. Somebody come up and get me. But I want to do it again on my electric bike that I'm going to get from EcoFun. In Forest Lake, oh yeah, I, they're so ripped with gadgetry that they make a great garage presence. I really want one of these things. Uh, they're these are quality. Plus, they got gas stuff. Don't worry about your mare. Your right, mare isn't right. forgetting. No, your your mare isn't close. forgetting the cylinder index. They have scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles, youth ATVs, side by sides, full full line of Yamaha. Uh, motorcycles, but these Bintelli e-bikes are extraordinary pieces of machinery. They really are. And the more you pedal, the more you extend your 20-mile range. So I can, I'm going to reprise my roll to White Bear. Start off in level one. You're doing 80% of the work. Yep. Hell, by the time I get to Vadnus Heights, I'm just sitting there. Full throttle. I'm just I know, sitting there. I know the flattest way to Lake Calhoun and back to my house. Oh, yeah. And now I can ignore that flat route Coast. and just take the hills. I was at EcoFun last weekend. I was talking to the owner, Tim Bloom. His daughter is an expert on the electric bikes. They're right on Lake Street in downtown Forest Lake. You make a shopping excursion of it. You go to you go to Grunhofer's and you go another couple five miles and you're Fun at toys. EcoFun right Good in downtown eats. Forest Lake. These are wonderful, wonderful pieces of machinery. Uh, there's a full line of Bintelli, Lance, and Yamaha scooters, gas-powered scooters. They also carry a full line of Yamaha motorcycles, dirt bikes, ATVs, side-by-sides, generators, you name it. This is a store that sells fun. Check them out at EcoFunMotorsports.com.
Clicking on ProfessionalTurf.com will give you a beautiful lawn all season long. Now, you might know I'm a hardcore do-it-yourselfer, but the day I threw the spreader away and handed the lawn care duties to ProfessionalTurf.com, that was the best thing I ever did for my lawn, and I've had the best lawn in the block ever since. That was years ago. I also had their landscape division update my layout. That forced my equity and gave the place amazing curb appeal. Lawn care, sprinkler system service, and landscaping. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. And and John Heights News brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you, Kenny. Try to clean it up for this one. (laughs) By the way... (laughs) I got I have, before you start, John. Yeah, uh, our friend uh, Scott Mature, the chef out in Montana, yes, sent me an email. Rook, please continue to educate these guys on the best preparation for a juicy burger. Keep them off the flame and grill, and get them in a pan or on a griddle. Really, but you can you can. What's the point of grilling then? Just if, for broth? If you buy that Sam's Club burger. Throw it on there. It's that you're fine. If you make a burger, throw it on there. That's fine. But if you want with this rookie mix at Grunhofer's, yes, which is a cut above. It's not you know one ninety nine a pound. You're yeah. getting good stuff. Yeah. I would I would cook it in a pan or I would cook it on the griddle. We've been talking so much about lakes. I want to remind you that Aquaside will keep your swimming beach free yeah. of weeds. It's just fantastic. While you're These grilling. Aqu- yeah, you put it on the grill. Go down and fan some, some of the uh, pellets <laughs> yes. into the water yes. and watch those weeds disappear. Aquaside has been helping people maintain lake shores for 60 years. Clean lake shores, free of weeds. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products. They'll take care of anything from weeds to algae. So don't let the weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. It absolutely interrupts the dinner hour. When those kids come shrieking out of the water draped in milfoil. Don't interrupt <laughs> Get them out of there. <laughs> Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. They're safe, too. They're registered with the EPA and the DNR. These products are safe for your family. Call them at 1-800-328-9350. That's one 800 328-9350 or go to aquaside.com. Rain man, will you do me a favor and will you put a little check mark right by aqua on your post it note do there? It for you right Just now. want to make sure you right there. there it is. It's yeah. done. Okay, it's official. What if uh, I do have a question about Rook's hamburger again? Yes. What if you see when you cook on the grill, you say to your wife, Oh, I gotta go grab a beer, I'm gonna go cook on the grill. I can't do that if I'm cooking on the stove. Right. Right. There, there ain't no them. there ain't no counting outside. <laughs> yeah, do exactly. double duty. No, go no, no. throw a couple of brats out there. So <laughs> yeah. I got some brats yeah. on That's there. exactly <laughs> what you do. You grab like a grab couple of brats. fun dogs and put those on there, there while you So go. you're telling me this rookie burger it's gotta be cooked on the stove? You should put it in a pan. Like a flat pan? Here's how I did it when I when I made it the other day. Is this a I, long story? No, I seared it in the pan on the stovetop, and then I took that pan and put it right into the oven, and I baked it. I like Joe's chances. How, how long how do come you, you bake? How come you don't have a restaurant or a food endorsement? Uh, Jack's Cafe is working on it right now. Oh, I'm yeah. sending my son up to Jack's Cafe. Jack's Cafe is fabulous. He, he came to me family. yesterday and said, Billy. I need a fancy uh, need a fancy, laid-back restaurant. Yes. Like, right away. That's Billy Coleslack Proposing yes. to the gal? Is that your what kid, we're doing here? got a date, Ooh. does it? Oh, That's where I took my bride when I engaged, when I proposed to her. I took oh. her to Jack's. I'm hungry. Oh. Hmm. Sorry, Kenny. Didn't mean to worry you. He's in the flock sweat right now. He's growing up too quick. (laughs) Daddy's going to cry. John, do you have any news? Pretty soon soon it'll be Grandpa Kenny. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> and the cats the, uh, in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> oh, no. The Minnesota Department of Natural Resources has announced it will appeal the Minnesota Court of Appeals' recent decision regarding the naming of Bidet Makaska. The DNR said in a news release Wednesday it will submit its petition for review to the Minnesota Supreme Court by May 29th. Minnesota DNR Commissioner Sarah Stroman said the DNR is very concerned with the implications of the appeals court's ruling for our ability to work with county boards to reflect community standards on how the state's waters are named. We have long worked with communities in eliminating offensive or derogatory names. Stroman also said the DNR is concerned by the ruling because it could open a range of agency decisions up for challenge well after established appeals periods, which could considerably disrupt, she says, the normal order of government decision making. Trump administration on Wednesday asking Congress for four and a half billion dollars more in emergency funding for the U.S.-Mexico border. As the administration says, there's a surge of Central American migrant families. Number of families and children arriving alone at the border is outpacing the number of single adults. Their needs are much different, according to the government. U.S. on track to have as many as one million people crossing this year. That's the highest since the early 2000s. Customs and Border Protection on Tuesday encountered its largest group to date, 424 people in rural New Mexico, mostly children and families. Want to hear something strange about Arizona? Huh. This takes the cake. And this is why I find social media to be so insidious. Hmm. An Arizona law enforcement official has insisted that the sheriff's office never intended to sandal shame a female hiker on social media. She had to be rescued from a treacherous 10-mile hike after struggling to continue due to her inadequate footwear. Instead, the officer claimed that they simply shared the cautionary tale to warn others. Representatives for the Gia County Sheriff's Office took to Facebook on Monday to make an example of a nearly five-hour rescue on the Fossil Creek tail, Trail in Flagstaff's Coquino National Forest. The hiker failed to take the posted warning seriously as she and seven others had to be rescued out of Fossil Creek yesterday. Definitely not appropriate footwear for the 10-mile hike. That's the correct use of the word appropriate, but it must be foghorn. Uh, they, sh- they shared an image of the woman's feet in stylish, albeit delicate, ankle-wrapped sandals. Mm. Then the people saw that on Facebook and said, you are shaming her for oh wearing sandals. Wow. Are you kidding me? So the sheriff's department backed down then instead of standing up for themselves when they were in the right? No, they're they're not they're not backing down. It just it became a news okay. story. All right. Uh, in response, Under Sheriff Michael Johnson of the department uh, told uh, Yahoo Lifestyle that uh, the outlet that officials only want to keep people safe. A message especially poignant to communicate regarding the dangers of the ever present Fossil Creek Tale. We're not trying to embarrass anybody. We just want to get the information out there for people to take it seriously. And these idiots on Facebook said, that's sandal shaming. There's, there's no such thing as sandal We're shaming. We're so delicate, aren't we? And, and it's, you know what else it is? It's a relationship. Uh, it's a, with nature. It, it's a proof that that yeah. woman lost rela- her relationship with nature. I don't think she had any. But you she, can't go into a Fossil Creek uh, trail wearing sandals. in right. a group of seven people and not one person said, you might want to put some sneaks on her. You know, something. Fossil. 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 No. Sandal. Sandal. Sandal shaming. 
Are you having Did a stroke? Did I have a stroke? Yeah, I think you are. What just happened? <laughs> I kept thinking of fossils. Should we call 911 or should right. we see what happens? We're all right. I was going to say, did you see how we all ran to his aid? Yeah. No, you, here's we're what all, we all did. We backed up like we're all a, yeah, We're a bit stunned. I had to run to the bathroom. Good friends always mock before they call for help. <laughs> just lost it there for a moment, didn't I? <laughs> Shandle shaming. shaming. What was that from again? I don't, I don't know. He went nuts one day. And again, I just kind of sat back going, have at it. I'm... He was in another room at the time, Got so it. I didn't really yeah. rush over there. The Diocese of Duluth. Is it called Fossil Creek or my uh, Joe, let it go. Up on Fossil Joe, Creek. Yeah, not a, let it go, Joe. Fossil yeah, Fossil Creek. Creek. Yeah. She sent me. Yeah, that's right, John. Diocese. I think it's Cripple Creek, but oh. Fossil works. Oh, I wonder how I got the name. The <laughs> Diocese of Duluth has settled its bankruptcy case, which involves 125 people who were allegedly sexually abused as children by clergy and others in the diocese. Diocese said Wednesday in a news release, the plan will pay about $40 million to the 125 claimants. The diocese will also release files on 37 priests that it's classified as credibly accused and incorporate child protection protocols. The plan anticipates contributions from the diocese itself and the 75 parishes in the diocese, as well as other Catholic entities. Russia is denying convincing Venezuelan leader Nicolas Maduro to stay in Caracas, refuting claims by U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo that the president was about to jump on a plane and fly to Cuba during an attempted uprising on Tuesday. Pompeo said he had an airplane on the tarmac. He was ready to leave this morning, as we understand it, and the Russians indicated he should stay. Well, on Wednesday, Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova called Pompeo's statement fake in comments to various media outlets, accused the U.S. of waging an information war. Maduro himself has also denied having any plan on Tuesday to flee his country. I just had a million-dollar idea. Going to Cuba? All right, I'm going to get Google ready here so no, we can check no, it out. No, no, no. Trump's looking at this surge of illegal immigration all wrong. Why? He is so hated that all he has to say is, they're coming to this country because they know I've made it the greatest country in the world, and <laughs> oh they love me. God. They all love me. They they couldn't build a wall wow. fast enough. Oh, little reverse I'm, I'm psychology. Being serious. You should have kept that one to yourself and just sent it right off to the yeah, White House. Because that's that is brilliant. These people think I'm the they greatest. I am the greatest. They realize that. That's why they're trying wow. to get here. They're popping out of manhole covers. They're so desperate can, to get in I here. I can see the tweet already. And, who and, wouldn't want to come here? Who wouldn't want to come here with me in charge of a roaring economy oh. and jobless <laughs> claims at an all-time low? Nancy Pelosi would put on her uh, would put on khaki pants and yeah, get a hammer yeah. and start. Building a wall. Right. <laughs> if this somehow gets good. back to our show and they start picketing out here in the parking yeah, lot, right. uh, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> eh, not really. <laughs> we got a lot of secret doors. This place. Yeah, there's there's many exits and a lot of a lot of good security. Yeah. We'll be all right. <laughs> well, Armed well. security. <laughs> <laughs> Micah Meyer has spent the past three years hiking, rafting, flying in airplanes, riding on trains. Austin Powers sailing at Micah. 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 Oh. His sailing, cousin. Sailing on boats and mostly uh, driving. Driving across every corner of America, he's followed the trail of U.S. history from the Revolution to the Civil Rights Movement, from battlefields to presidents' homes, from forests to canyons, oh, from how shore cool. to shore. Wow. As of this past Monday, he has now been to all 419 National Park Service sites in the United how States. How in the hell is he funding this? 
And that's not mentioned. I thought the same thing. It's I bet reporting isn't what it used to be. Can you tell me what he's driving? I can't do that either. Isn't that no. something? I'm uh, such a nerd. Rented that, uh, cars, though, because I follow. I followed the Oregon Trail. I've followed the railroad. I followed uh, the Mountain Man. It's just fun. It's interesting. Myers' three-year trip ended Monday morning with a visit to the Lincoln Memorial, his final site. He climbed the steps, surrounded not only by friends and family, but also by strangers, people who had followed the epic road trip on Instagram and Facebook. And How become, old is he, Jen? Uh, was he 33, I believe. 33? Yep, 33. Uh, let's see. Where I really got to know the American story, said Meyer. More than just natural wonders, the Park Service sites tell our whole American story. Turns out he just really wanted to be away from the girlfriend for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. He achieved a goal inspired by his father, whose death when Meyer was 19 spurred him to put off his dreams for later. Uh, to not, excuse me, to not put off his dreams for later. Got it. His dad never got to take those road trips he envisioned for his retirement. Standing atop the steps of the Lincoln Memorial on Monday, Meyer wiped away tears, saying the day I lie on my deathbed, whether it's 60 years from now or six days, I can say I did something. He was surrounded by fellow National Park Service enthusiasts, including Chris Calvert, one of 61 other people recognized by the National Park Travelers Club for having also visited every single National Park Service (coughs) site. You know, if he was on a motorcycle, and I'm being serious, Kenny, uh, he could have been anywhere in this country, called DennisKirk.com, said, my baggage is broken down, my luggage is broken down, I need new stuff. And if he got him to Dennis Kirk by 8 o'clock that day, they'd ship it to wherever he was. Uh, he might have been on a bike. It wouldn't have made any difference what kind of bike. Dennis Kirk has 160,000 products in stock. They would have taken care of this guy. $89 order ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. Dennis Kirk, Minnesota's own. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek says his cancer indicators have gone down. But his well-being hasn't necessarily improved accordingly. He was on Good Morning America on Wednesday. He said, my oncologist says I'm doing well, even though I don't always feel it. Uh, Joking, he's discovered that he is, in his words, a big wuss. Trebek, who was diagnosed this year with cancer. Well, stage four pancreatic cancer. Also. You don't usually beat that. No. Well, yeah, and you when don't call find your, it's too late. You can't call yourself a wuss for being in pain from cancer. He also explained the chemotherapy treatments uh, have brought him surges of deep, deep sadness. He said, I'm finding out there's nothing wrong in saying I'm depressed and have no idea why. Uh, pancreatic cancer, which is almost always found in patients over age 45, has the highest mortality rate of all major cancers. Often it's diagnosed too late. Well, if it's diagnosed in time, do you do do you beat it? I think there's a very slim number. What, Less, what are the signs? What are the symptoms? Yeah, I, uh, I need to know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. You'd have to look that up. Okay. Look it up. I think it's less than 10%, those people who survive once they're at the stage he's at. Uh, punch for 800, please. A blow to the back of the neck is the punch named for this animal. Mike. What is a donkey? No. Betsy. What is a rabbit punch? Rabbit, yes. Uh, punch for 600, please. Just in a minute now. Tool time for 200. This term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. Ken. What's a hoe? No. Whoa. What's the right answer, Rick? That's correct. Whoa. They teach you that in school in Utah, huh, Al? What's a rake? A rake is right. 
You select, Al. 400, please. Okay. Okay, thanks. There are no symptoms in the early stages. Well, that's the problem. Later stages so are associated with symptoms. Uh, people may experience pain in the abdominum. Uh, abdominum? I don't think that's <laughs> a word, Kenny. Abdominum. Abdominum. Fluid in that uh, other area I can't pronounce. Abdomen, Kenny. Uh, fatigue or loss of appetite. I've also heard that it's constant irritability. That's usually the early stages and early signs. Well, how do you? What, so when do you have it checked? Uh, I don't know, and we're not doctors, so let's move on. And okay. good luck to uh, Alex Chuck, well, to Chuck Holder. Run off I just, Alex Chuck Holder. I want Alex the I, I want the end to come quick. Uh, let's not drag this thing out. All right. You know what well, I mean? You just keep checking in with Doc Baker. You'll be all right. Did you? <laughs> Thanks, uh, Paul. There is a fellow who's on Jeopardy right now who's won. Close to a oh, million, yeah. million dollars. No, he more a than a, a he's half? past a million. Is he? Yeah. Yes. Wow. I watched one show with him. He was very smart. Uh, I can't he watch game lost shows. the other night. Uh, he won by a thousand dollars. I was I was informed. Do you really? think that he's a plant? Because no one watches Jeopardy, but people are There's, going to watch Jeopardy just well, because idiots well, obviously. Well, well, wait, watch let it. me address that, Chris. To me, that's one of your. We need a quarter at this point. I'm sorry. Why? Because I, I, I didn't find the question unreasonable. Well, you watch it. it. I've never seen it. Well, how do you know so much about it? I don't know anything about a, it. A, Jeopardy's very highly rated, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, I don't know if you remember this, you're probably not old enough, but there was a game show. A scandal. Oh yeah, sixty-four thousand dollars. You question. can go to jail and be fined a lot of money for yeah. staging. A yeah, game well, you're right. Give him some money. Yeah, he got really that, serious there, John. Well, I, I, I just—it was not a smart question. I know. I, I know what gets John going really easy. It was it's not so a good easy. question. You want to talk music? Oh, uh, <laughs> you're wrong about Greta Van Fleet. Whatever. Can we be done? My kids no. said they're a big joke, but they're the only ones that don't get it. But I told them. Oh, Dylan, that's not even fair. I thought nah, that was he's, pretty he's funny. Right. Dylan's right. Uh, Jesse Smollett will not return to Empire next season. They've renewed the show, but uh, they say he's not going to be on it. A Smollett representative released a statement to several media outlets suggesting a hope that he may eventually return to the show. You know what tomorrow is, don't you? What? Thursday. Toughest show of the week to put together. Thursday. Oh, i got to find oh, some money. Man, that's right. got to challenge me. Yeah, got to challenge me. I'm really going to challenge. It's not going to be easy. Uh, it's politics. Oh, I put a spin on it. That's positive, positive Thursday. I'm gonna wor- you're going to be challenged tomorrow. Wow. And we won't see John and Kenny again until Monday. Monday, yep. And remember, I have, uh, the opener is May 10th at Grunhofer's, noon to 2. A week from Friday. Fellas, I have good news regarding Monday when I return. We're wel- welcoming two new clients, DK Mags, a fantastic gun shop that I've been shopping at for years up in uh, New Brighton, dkmags.com, and uh, Towsley Motorsports joining the GL4 oh, nice. uh, fold on Monday. Congratulations. So that's very exciting. It's awesome. Fantastic. Well, just like Kenny said, if you would like to be an advertiser to the podcast and join this exclusive club, you may. Get in touch with us. GLJoe at garagelogic.com, rookie at garagelogic.com, all the others. We'll pass it on. And we appreciate you listening to the podcast. GarageLogic.com is the home for all of our extracurricular activities. Check it out, and thanks for listening to Garage Logic podcast version.